All right, back on Get Up. I need you to hear this, guys. Micah Parsons with high praise for Tyreek Hill. I am talking crazy right now. And I'm and I'm talking very crazy. I truly believe I could be Tyreek Hill's quarterback. Yeah. I could throw it up to Tyreek Hill. for Tyreek? I'm confused. That's funny. You're right. He starts it off with... I think that was actually I'm praise. Cra- I'm talking crazy right for, now. It's like, yeah. okay, got it. It was praise for himself. Yeah. Really, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Yes. As soon as I hear talk crazy, I don't listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is, man? Yeah, exactly. that, that, that's just a subtle shot at Tua. That's what people, people are always taking shots at my guy. You think that was you know, a shot at Tua? Because yeah. you know, people don't want to give him credit. They don't yeah. want to... It's the same with Brock. It's the same thing, right? When a, quarter, when a quarterback's good, it's, it's, it's the wide receivers. When a quarterback's not good, it's the wide receivers. It's always... People don't want to give quarterbacks a lot of credit unless you're a certain guy. Yeah. And there's certain people who people pick and choose that they want to support. Uh. Two is not one of them dudes. It's like if if Jeff came in and said, I could host first take, uh, uh, excuse me, get up. Like that, like just because it looks easy, just because Greeny makes no, it no. easy, Replace doesn't Greeny. mean that it <laughs> is easy. Absolutely not. It's so <laughs> you know what that I want to be given to You think my coaching career went bad. That would be real bad. That would be real bad. Thank God I don't got to sit in that seat. Way too much going on in this <laughs> We welcome you back alive from the Seaport Broadway by Chase. We are jamming on. All right, let's start with an unbelievable finish last night in this NBA in-season tournament, and we had controversy. Lakers and Suns. This is a really good game, okay? We're late in the fourth quarter here. You got KD knocking down a three. He had 31 points on the night last night, so he's spectacular. Now we got LeBron to Anthony Davis, who went 27 and 15. Lakers have a one-point lead. Three minutes left. It's LeBron taking it to the hole. He had 31 in 40 minutes of play. But in the end, the game comes down to this. Jay Will, 20 seconds left. Lakers are up by one after Austin Reeves knocks this one down. He had 20. Lakers. Durant is going to go baseline. He's going to get a bucket here for the Suns to cut this to a two-point game as you see about 11 seconds. Oh, we got a trap. We got a trap. On the we got a trap. We got go. a trap. Take we got a throw. trap. All right, we want to follow the ball towards the corner. Corner. We're going to get the ball in the corner. Okay, let's blitz. Let's trap. Okay. Oh, he's going to turn the ball over. Okay, let's get the loose ball. But there's a timeout being called when nobody has possession of the ball. I'm confused. That's exactly what happens. We'll show it to you again. Austin Reeves trapped. Ball clearly in no one's possession. LeBron has granted the timeout right there, and look where the basketball is. I mean, that's the problem. Like, I feel like as a fan, I got robbed. Who knows if the Suns would have made the shot, but at least they would have had an attempt with seven and a half seconds left to send the game into overtime. Instead, with six seconds left, Davis gets fouled. He made the first, but misses the second. So here comes KD with a chance for the tie, but it comes up just short and so the Lakers do hold on and hold off the Suns 106-103. Coach Vogel. We get a quick two and foul we can do that or or trap which was the plan which worked. We got the trap we got the turnover the damn whistle blow. Like I it's just it's frustrating. It's frustrating, right? I mean, it's a frustrating, Monica, there's, there's really no explanation for it, right? It's just, it's just a, it is a blown call and a blown opportunity. Yeah, and I won't say that it was the game-defining call. I, I tend to lean toward what Kevin Durant had to say post-game. Officials are going to miss calls. You got to put yourself in a position so that it's not their case. But I do wonder if there's a conversation about this being something that is reviewable moving forward. Yep. I, I, I've made this point in the NFL all week long. Nothing should not be reviewable if it's this obvious. Yeah. It's the second look rule. Thank you, Grant. The I mean, ball is 
nowhere near anybody. There's, and now the official feels bad because he blew the game. And, and look, mistakes are going to happen. If they're easily correctable, correct it. Can we get all the coachisms out of the way real quick? Yeah. Okay, there's multiple possessions in the yeah. game. We yeah, need yeah. to do all the things yeah. before this play. Fine. With all that being said, do you know if I had seen that play as like a fifth grade coach, I would have blown a gasket. I would have been kicked out of my son's basketball game. Yeah. I would have been running on the damn court, screaming at the refs. I would have been like J.J. Reddick getting kicked out of his son's game. <laughs> I mean, that's the most – I don't know how you missed that call, Greeny. These yeah. are the best refs in the world. And I get it. But, like, the, the ball is nobody's in nobody's possession. You got to make that call. All right, right up my alley because I've been saying this from the air for 15 years. The human element stinks. It's the reason we have the <laughs> oh. deodorant. If it's easy to change, if it's easy to correct, they should correct it. That said – the Lakers go on. This guy continues to be ridiculous. 38 years old in his 21st season, played all 12 minutes of the fourth quarter last night, 40 minutes on the night, leads the Lakers again. Now they're going to play the New Orleans Pelicans for a right to play for the championship of this in-season tournament, which has been terrific, by the way. And this is a fascinating matchup because you got the old guard, right? You got LeBron and AD. You got the young guys led by Zion. This is an interesting game, Monica. I do think it's an interesting game. I think the Pelicans have not been healthy until recently, mm -hmm. right? You saw them show firepower versus the Sacramento Kings in that in-season matchup that was thrilling and exciting. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Trey Murphy is back, Jose Alvarado. Like, these guys want to prove who they are. Can I just tell you? I've got two clips, screens that I want to show you about how bad Phoenix was defensively, and Go. this is going to be a problem. Do it. LeBron James was a tactician down the stretch. A ball screen, everybody's paying attention right here. He backs his player down, boom, gets a little easy layup. When everybody focuses on him and every pick and roll with Nurkic, he attacked this constantly. He got the sweet spots. He was able to knock down shots. That's going to be the problem when you go against Phoenix. Everybody knows that they can score with the offensive firepower with yep. Devin Booker and KD and if Bradley Bill comes back. But Nurkic and every pick and roll, that's what every team is going to do. Look, Phoenix is going to be one of those teams that is going to try and beat you by outscoring you and go back through the history of the NBA and find me the teams like that that won championships. But can I tell you the problem? There have been very few. In, four, in the fourth quarter, where do you think Phoenix's offense ranks? 29th in the league in the fourth quarter for all that scoring power they get blitz they wear down it's 29th in the league in offense in the fourth quarter for a team that you think is so potent that's it. that's mind-boggling so you're not it? buying them so if we're looking long term again the in-season tournament is 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 it's been a lot of fun to watch it'll get settled this weekend and we've all enjoyed it but in the long run when we get ourselves to april and may you're buying the lakers and not buying the suns uh, yes, you're I'm, buying the I'm Lakers on Denver too because I think the size and the physicality. Denver's a given. Yeah, Denver's a given. The we're trying to figure out who. It's sort of like in the NFC conversation we're having before. Who can make it interesting with San Francisco? Uh, Who's, who gives Denver the hardest time? I am guilty of falling in love with the young teams very early. I will admit that the current state of the Memphis Grizzlies hurts my heart. But I'm not really watching this Minnesota Timberwolves team. Yeah. Like, I'm really dangerous. watching. Like, in the long run, dangerous. I, I know everybody's smart basketball minds who I admire and appreciate are. You got to wait and see. You got to wait and see. And that's true. But is there more room for them to grow or some of the teams that have been represented the old guard to revert to their youth? You tell mm -hmm. me. You Because at the end of the day, if this guy's healthy, I'm not betting against him. It's just I'm just not betting against him no matter what winds up happening. He's still that good. I would do to their size and the way they played. They shot 37% last night from the field and still won the game. And by the way, AD missed like 10 chippies in the paint. Yeah. They should have won that game by 15. boards, though. All right, we'll talk more boards. about the NBA. Well, I want to get into the Zion stuff a little bit later as well. But 
This might be the best weekend in the NFL we've had so far. Week 14, let's do bold predictions. It starts tomorrow night. Kmart, give me a bold prediction for this weekend. <laughs> okay, I know what you're thinking. Thursday night football, Patriots, Steelers, ain't nobody scoring any points. Wrong. How about the Steelers and Patriots will score so many points, uh -oh. the Steelers are going to win 27-24. Wow. Look at that. That's, that's, that's bold, right? That's bold. That's unrealistic. That is very bold. It's more points than the Patriots have scored in a month, <laughs> literally. Yes. Swagoo, give me a bold prediction. The Seahawks beat the San Francisco 49ers, wow. and that's, oh, that's bold because I've heard terms thrown around unbeatable. I've heard terms be uh, thrown around about the Monstars and can nobody beat them, the, the physicality. I'm going to go Seahawks, which is very bold, which I may not believe, uh, okay, if somebody asks me in real life. But I'm going to go bold right here. Seahawks beat the 49ers. Well, you ask for bold and he delivers. Jeffrey, give me oh, bold. Minshew Mania. Going three tuds at all the, the Bengals. Hey, hey, I, Pat McAfee was here. We had some Colts conversation <laughs> yeah. yesterday. Had some fun yeah. on there. You know what I mean? So, got me back here. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. Minshew's been playing good. Had a big play to Alec Pierce uh, last week against Tennessee. You're seeing he's there getting three tuds again. Can we just talk about how Jeff is hey, beyond biased? Can we just talk about that? FC South team. Oh, look, they're finally well coached. I like it, though. Uh, Lewis. <laughs> Give me a bold <laughs> prediction. Shot at me. That, hey, look, Dak, you see it, 405. That's what he's doing. Whoa. He's going over four bills, Ooh. five touchdowns. The dude's playing at a different level right now. Wow. And look, I know, Philly fans, you're going to be like, well, you're just an Eagles fan. <laughs> no, Dak is playing at a different level right now. And you saw it in the first matchup. Look, it's a game of benches, right? A game of benches. They should have won that first game. I think this is going to be the one that kind of puts – Dallas into that second tier, meaning that second slot behind San Francisco. We know San Francisco's in a class of their own right now. Yeah. I think this is the game that mm. they could do that. And look, Marcus, the secondary has been a problem for the Eagles. There's no question. Their safeties have been a problem. Linebackers have been a problem. Now they added Shaq Leonard this week. We'll mm. see if that makes a difference or not. Do you expect, trying to, as hard as you can to take your Cowboys fandom out of it, do you expect Dak to have a monster night Sunday against the Eagles? Yeah, I do, because we've watched it the last five weeks yeah. of him and this offense operate at a level that I don't believe anybody outside of San Francisco is operating at right now. And that athleticism has changed this offense. That's what's become different about the conversations we've had in the past. His pocket movement, the timing and the growth of him and C.D. Lamb. And to understand, like, give Mike McCarthy credit too, man. Like, this offense continue to add layers up until this point. And we get to a conversation about, okay, when they played a big game. And to lose point, they lost, but this offense still was productive, especially Dak Prescott. So I think he'll continue to roll like he's been rolling. And Philly's secondary right now is reeling. The one thing I would caution people about, as I take my Dallas Cowboy fandom hat off, it ain't nothing like a dog that's just been hit, man. And <laughs> Philly is hearing they soft. They not physical. They can't play to the level in which they played last year. And I know a lot of dudes on that team with a lot of pride and a lot of veterans. So if you don't think that the practice this week is going to be with a little bit of different tone in Philly, Dallas just has to be ready for those haymakers that's going to get thrown early in this game. If they withstand it, I think they can have success. You know, I, I think, and, and Marcus, I, I agree with you, especially when you kind of get beat the way they got beat. But, you know, Jeff, that could go two mm -hmm. ways, right? Sometimes it can put a little doubt in your mind, too. Like, 
oh man, like maybe we aren't as bad as I thought, yeah. meaning as good as I thought we were. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. when a team basically says, hey, look, this ain't about plays, dude. This is about this. I just hit harder than you. Yeah. Okay? I'm just better than you. And sometimes when someone looks you in the eye and then does that to you, you can get mad about it and you can get motivated about it, but maybe you know, like, I don't know if I have an answer for that. So we're going to find out how they respond right. to this. What do you think? I'm excited about it. I think the Eagles got a lot of questions to answer, right, especially on the defensive backs, uh, backfield. And, and they've given up a lot of points to a lot of different teams, including Dallas in the first game they have. And at some point, they got to start solving these problems. And, right, like they're a 10-2 and two team. They're leading the NFC as, as, as well as we're all speaking to San Francisco. If the Eagles handle their business, it's going through Philly. Mm-hmm. So they still have everything in the driver's seat for them. They got to go play. It's a must win for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And not only, not, not only because of, of, you know, hey, the pride of the San Francisco, Francisco, but because they have, they want everything to run through them come February or come January and February, and you got to do that by beating Dallas. He's right. By the way, if you just look at their remaining schedule, if the Eagles win this week, they're going to be the one seed. Yeah. If you look at what, what you have coming up here, which does feel like a big night. So, so came out. You're you're a story person. You're a reporter. You look. What is the, the story? Is it Dak? Is it the Eagles' redemption? What is the story of this matchup Sunday night? I actually wonder. Are the Cowboys different than than the team we saw, uh, I believe, week nine that mm-hmm. they face each other? Um, because Dallas has been playing a lot better. Um, but when you put when you look at the rosters, when you look at the teams, when you look at the quarterbacks, I say the Philly team is better, right? But they haven't been they they haven't been playing their best, and yet they still find ways to win. They still have a better record. They still have the best team, and outside of the 49ers. I just don't know. The Cowboys are 14-0 at home. This is one of those moments where it's like, okay, are you as good as you think you are? You've been playing better. Can Dak in this moment rise up and, and get his team to a victory? The Eagles, they have questions as far as like, well, can they go on the road? Can they, can they beat the Dallas Cowboys? So this is going to be a good game. We're going to find out. I'll continue to point out. In the last six weeks, the Eagles have beaten Miami, Kansas City, Dallas, and Buffalo. I know a lot of people are, are trying Josh to they beat write Josh negative Allen. things. They, they somehow ma- miraculously beat Josh Allen despite him having one of the best games yes. anyone played exactly. in the NFL this whole season. <laughs> Coming up, it's now or never. Throwing. We're going back to that. (laughs) We're going back. Yes, we are. Marcus, we're going back. It's now or never for the real MVP, and I'm going to make my case once again, and again, I will be right. Plus, it's been a Brock party in San Francisco. Is Mr. Irrelevant about to become Mr. MVP? Damn right he is. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Lewis is ready. Ready. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. 
One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back with Get Up and further proof that we can turn anything into a pun. The next game is called, Is That Ridiculous? Uh, let's start with Green Bay Lewis. If I said the Packers have found their franchise quarterback, is that ridiculous? Absolutely not ridiculous. Look, Jordan Love is trending exactly the way you would want him to if you were a GM or a head coach or an offensive coordinator. The guy is gaining confidence. He's attacking every part of the field. And you know what's perfect about this? You know what's beautiful about this? All of his primary pass catchers are in their first or second year. Yep. So they are stacked right now. So look out, NFC. Look out, NFC North in particular, but look out, NFC overall. Jordan Love's on the come right now. Let's go to the AFC. If I said the Dolphins are going to be the number one seed, is that ridiculous? That's no, not ridiculous at all. And I'll tell you what, I think this week, you know, their Monday night matchup against Tennessee will go a long way, I think, towards on a national stage. I know I'm going to definitely point out the fact that you want to know why they're going to be the number one seed? Because their offensive line is starting to impose there their will. Go. It's starting to show that the run game is going to be just as good as the pass game when they need it the most. And that's why I think Miami's for real. You have that game. Common sense. Lewis has that game Monday night on ESPN. Finally, if I said Brock Purdy is only successful because of his situation, is that ridiculous? That's totally ridiculous. <laughs> it's totally ridiculous. And I'm tired of hearing it. And I don't want to hear it anymore. Because you know what? There are people, there are some great quarterbacks, Hall of Fame quarterbacks for that franchise that had some of the greatest perimeter players in the history of the game. Okay? Steve Young, my guy. Love Steve Young to death. Joe Montana was out there in 1991 in training camp with San Francisco when both of those guys were on the roster. And Jerry Rice was at the top of his game. And I know Kurt Warner. Remember, Kurt Warner had Torrey Holt, Oz Hakeem, Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, winning MVPs. And everybody's going, Kurt's in the Hall of Fame. He's in the freaking Hall of Fame. You played with a Hall of Famer right. who had Reggie Wayne, Hall of Fame, Dallas Clark, Edgerin James, Marvin Harrison. That Saturday, yeah. And you know we don't we don't say a word about it. We don't say a word. Fair. However, I just would like to say that it is us you can be mad at, or you can take this up with Micah Parsons. Micah of the Cowboys, <laughs> not on board with this Brock Purdy MVP talk. Listen to this. Christian McCaffrey's just that good. If I get to get the ball out to Christian McCaffrey in space, he's going to make someone miss. He's going to make a play happen for me. Same thing with Debo. Ayuk, Kittle, they're a great playmate. If you watch that game, they were able to make people's miss. You look at this, this the pass chart, right? Those... Those aren't hard passes. They're good passes. But those players are really freaking good at what they do. Again. Again. Yeah, no, you, again. No Micah. kidding. They're good at what they do. 
But see, we're, we're, you know what? We'll take, see, this is what we're doing, right? Okay, we, we know that of this phenomenon called confirmation bias, right? So we look for certain things to fit what we already have come to a conclusion about, mm -hmm. which we've already come to a conclusion about, not we, people, come to the conclusion that this, Brock Purdy's not that good, he was Mr. Irrelevant. He can't be that good. It's Kyle Shanahan, it's Trent Williams, it's Debo, it's everybody but him. But if you objectively look at the, at the statistics, not just from the Philly game, okay? How about this? I know people go, I don't want to hear about air yards per attempt. Well, we have to talk about the distance the ball travels. Right. It's not just all tunnel screens and swing passes. It's not just all Christian McCaffrey, okay? Patrick Mahomes, look, we love Patrick. We love him, right? And I know Kimberly's going to bring up the statistic about like how Patrick Mahomes' MVP year. Yeah. How far was the ball traveling down the field? But because he made dramatic plays, and because Patrick, we know, is a one-of-one -one talent, we give him the benefit of the doubt. We just don't want to give Brock Purdy the benefit of the doubt. Let me get Marcus in here. Let me get Marcus in here. Go ahead, Marcus. What do you, I, I can't read the look on your face. Brock, Brock Purdy is a really good quarterback playing at a very high level. This has nothing to do with anything but the fact that we saw Jimmy Garoppolo go to a Super Bowl with the San Francisco mm. 49ers. Mm -hmm. And we also but, saw this team lose three games without Trent Williams and without Debo Samuel. Like, we can't – we can say Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, but we also can allude to the reality of what we watch San Francisco do, Lou. Like, Marcus, we've seen this team go to NFC championships with a quarterback that people don't think is very Marcus, good. Marcus, one of those games that he lost – not – okay, one of those games that San Francisco lost – Brock Purdy drove him down the field and had him in position right. to win the football game and the kicker missed. In Cleveland, yeah. Okay, so if the kicker yeah. makes it, now we're yeah. saying, well, Brock Purdy led him back to a fourth-quarter comeback. Mm -hmm. But the kicker missed. Now we're saying, Brock Purdy can't lead him back to a fourth-quarter comeback because yeah. the kicker missed. Who's Brock right? Purdy's but playing Lou, at a level Lou, way higher saw, than Jimmy Garoppolo has ever played in this I'll, I'll say this. I talked about Brock Purdy for the, Nobody, for the MVP early in the season. His tight window throws, he was leading the NFL in tight window throws from last year when he was playing and this year. The guy is making the play. So, like, to discredit what he's doing because guys are taking an eight-yard pass and turning into a 60-yard game, like, every quarterback benefits from that. To, to yep. Lewis's point, there are – so, he has played at an elite level. That's the bottom line. Whether you, whether you like him or not – even the game they lost to the Bengals, I think he threw for 360. Like, like he played – like, and they, I mean, that's the bottom line. It's what you ask him to do, he's making those throws, and he's accurate with the ball. He came hard and go. He's literally benefiting less from Yak than Patrick Mahomes was his two MVP seasons. His average completion percent – it's traveled – the ball has traveled 7.1 yards, right? That's second highest in the NFL. He leads the NFL in pass rating, completion percentage, touchdown percent. Like, at some point, yes. if you're going to bring stats into it for other guys, put some respect on this kid's name. That's all we're saying. Like, we get we credit Who's GMs like Howie Roseman. Wait, though. wait one like. second. You credit GMs like Howie Roseman for putting putting weapons at, at his quarterback's disposal, right? You you credit them for that. You credit quarterbacks for making plays, for taking care of the football, for winning games. And now when Brock Purdy does it, you say, oh, well, Christian McCaffrey, he's just so good. Oh, well, Debo Samuel's so good. No one's talking about Jalen. Jalen Hurts literally has benefited from those weapons. Lamar Jackson benefiting now. Josh Allen benefiting from weapons. Like, that's what you do. I don't understand why we can't give this kid credit. Once again, I'm up against the clock. I'm dying to get to all of these things. And we will look at Marcus's face. I have to come back. To, I have to let that man respond. And I will. I promise. We're going to get back to that. We're going to get back to the Josh Allen slam. Oh, oh. Come on, Greeny. Which is disgusting <laughs> and disgraceful oh. and ridiculous. 
and evidence once again. See what I'm talking about? I'm the only one who knows football in this whole place. <laughs> but anyway, let's do sneaky hembo for Jeff. Jeff, this one's right up your alley. Oh. Which active offensive lineman has been named All-Pro the most times? The answer is next. Hmm. Well. And we are back. Let the record show. Jeff Saturday has talked himself out of a lot of right really, answers. This is what Himbo does to me. I, I, he's my nemesis. I, I, I'm, he's like my Graz. That's the problem, right? Like, like, like what Graz is to him, that's it. I'm going to go. Which active? Well, let me read the question okay, for okay, those okay. just joining us at the right. bottom of the hour. Okay. Which active offensive lineman has been named an All-Pro mm. the most times? Who are you considering? I'm considering Jason Peters. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm considering Zach Martin. Uh-huh. Trent Williams. Uh-huh. I'm going to go Jason Peters. It's Zach Martin. Oh, my oh. gosh! Oh. <laughs> Lee! Just I just it. said it, too. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Zach Martin oh. with eight. eight. Jason Peters with six. Dang. <clears throat> Kelsey and uh, Joel. Bittano I knew they had five. And David yeah. Bakhtiari, five apiece. Yeah. So that's close, but no cigar. Okay, let me get the rest yeah. of the football crew in here, and we got Marcus with us as well. So there's two things we have to come back to, okay? So this is one of the best days that we have on Get Up because these are the days when things are so fiery that we never get to finish the conversation, but now this, we do. Yep. I am going to come back to the blatant disrespect oh that it was goodness. shown to Josh Allen earlier on this program and is routinely shown to Josh Allen. We did one of these features. Is so-and-so going to have more or less than two touchdowns? So-and-so going to have more or less than 125 receiving yards? And with Josh Allen, it was, is he going to have more or less than one-and-a-half turnovers? And once again, he is the only quarterback we do that with. We don't even do it with Lamar Jackson. With Lamar, it's always will he have more than one-and-a-half total touchdowns. Josh Allen is the one that we hold to a different standard, and he is asked to do the most. He's not. Yes, he is. He's not. I don't. Greedy's screaming in my ear. He's not, guys. He's not. We literally ask so much of these superstar quarterbacks. He has the talent. Now, you want to get on the bills for putting everything on Josh? That's fine, but that's been a multi-year thing. You can't complain about it right now. Josh has led the league in turnovers. He is a superstar talent. The reason we care about the Bills is Josh Allen. We're not taking that away from him, but we do. No one critic, No one was saying, oh, poor Lamar. He has no weapons. What's going on? He just has Mark Andrews. What's all those years? Lamar had nothing. Ask him to run the ball, throw the ball, do all these things, be a playmaker. No one said anything, and now all of a sudden, oh, Josh Allen is asked to do too much. He, it's always been that case, and we're not criticizing him. All we're saying is, hey, dude, late in games, second quarter, second half of games, Protect the football because the margin of error, the margin of error is so slim with the Bills now, especially with the uh, with the injuries on defense. I will say this: first of all, Lamar Jackson was named MVP of the league. Second of all, but I, well, who were his weapons when he won it? Oh, he was unbelievable. Who were exactly? No, he had one of the great seasons all of, of all time. This is I'm not talking about Lamar Jackson. I'm talking we, we, about Josh Allen. We know because we know. Lamar. I, what I never hear is I never come in on a Monday morning, Marcus, and I don't have people telling me that Lamar Jackson was the reason that his team lost. I have 
have people telling me, well, Lamar doesn't have enough weapons. you got to get him more help. Their offense isn't suited to win deep in the playoffs. And I got Josh Allen, who was by far the best player on the field in a game against the Eagles, and i got to listen to people telling me his one turnover is the reason that they lose the game. That, Marcus, is what bothers me. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the one turnover is a part of why they lost the game. It was a big turnover in the game. And we are going to highly criticize Josh Allen because he's led the league in turnover since he's gotten the league. We act like we, we keep acting like this is some some fantasy land that people are living in. If potentially, G, could could we surmise that if he hadn't led the league every year he's been in the league, I mean, hadn't had the most turnovers, that this wouldn't be a conversation week in and week out? That is the problem. I like this is as clear as a glass of water to me. <laughs> He has, he has the most turnovers of any quarterback since they entered the league. That's why we talk about the turnovers. It's, it's really that simple for me. We know he's great. We know, we've seen Josh Allen play to the level or even a higher level than 99% of the quarterbacks in the league. But he's also led the league in turnovers since he's gotten there. So I don't know how we, I don't know how we dispatch, like get rid of that part of it because everybody want to feel good about talking about Josh Allen. It, it, to me, it's less about feeling good, Lewis, uh, yeah. than, than it is about understanding what is expected of a player. I don't see other quarterbacks in the NFL who are asked to do, with the possible exception of Lamar Jackson, I will grant you that, who are asked to do everything on their offense. He's literally everything they do. Half the plays look like, Josh, just do something. We're out of ideas here. Just go figure something out. And 75 plays a game, he does it. And then there's the two that it blows up in their face, and we wind up talking about those the entire rest of the week. Yeah, what's interesting, though, look, I would push back in, in this regard, all right? It's not like Josh is devoid of weapons, okay? He, he's doing a lot. He's got a lot of people helping him, too. I think the problem with what, what happens with Josh is, see, people think that he's having to overcome coaching deficiencies. He's having to overcome some other team deficiencies. And, and what you're saying right now is, like, he should be, you know, he should be given more credit because of the things he's having to overcome. When there are people who are doing just as much as him. With less. With less. Are they? Yes, are they, are they are. are they? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what right now. Yeah. If you took... Patrick Mahomes, yeah. and put him with with Stephon Diggs, yeah. and Dalton Kincaid. Mm. Mm. You, are you telling me that Patrick would kind of put the ball in harm's way at the same kind of rate that maybe Josh Allen's put the ball? In I don't know, rate? but they wouldn't. And ask if you him. put Josh Allen in Kansas City, but they wouldn't ask. Patrick Mahomes to be their entire running game also. That's my point. How many times a game does Josh Allen do the easiest thing which there is to do, which is hand the ball to someone else and say, here, you take it. They never run the ball, Jeff. Yeah. Literally never. The only one who runs it is him. They're, they're all, their line has actually been better this year. Their run game has been better. And and But part of the reason that he runs it aren't scripted runs. It's because, it, because for him, he gets that clock in his head, pulls sure. it down, yeah, I'm going to go sure. make a play with my legs. He did it a ton against Philly, right? Third down conversions at seven yards and more. Yeah. He pulls it down and goes, runs it. But again, when you're equating wins, you have to assign turnovers because they are massive in our game. And it is a massive stat. And unfortunately, the quarterback controls the majority of that. And not all, not all are to be blamed on him, but he 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 carries his Brady, you know what? with like, him. Like I, I don't like are you mad that you think people unfairly get on him? Or when they do get on him, it's like too harsh it's too I feel yeah. like people miss the fact 
that he does more to help his team be in these games than practically any other quarterback in the NFL does, and they no. focus so I don't, you know what? much I don't, I don't, on the plays. That's where we disagree. I don't agree with that part. Yeah, I think that's where I we don't disagree. think he does more to Brother, keep his team, team in games right now. This team had the best defense in the league the last two years almost. I, I don't think his team – I don't they think he does had, more to keep his team in games than almost had the best defense in the NFL the, the last two years. I don't know. I don't think so. We'll just leave it at this. If there's one thing that I think we can all collectively agree upon on this one – that I'm right. And we'll come back We'll come back, and we will do the Brock Purdy part of it a little bit later. But let us show you what happened in Milwaukee last night. Monica McNutt was there. She just landed back about an hour and a half ago. Bucks and Knicks. This one was close for most of the first half. Damian Lillard was really good. He went on a 13-point scoring run all by himself to end the first half. Jay Williams, how spectacular is this? I, I mean, look, this is the continuity. This is the chemistry we've been talking about, waiting for this team to find between Giannis and it, when they're shooting 60% from the three-point line, it's going to be hard for any team to beat them. Milwaukee went absolutely nuts in the second half. McNutt, you were there. I mean, how do you describe this offensive onslaught? The first four minutes of the third quarter, uh, the Knicks came out sluggish. The Bucks simply did not. There were a lot of highlight plays in there, rocking the rim, fast break opportunities, and, of course, threes. That, that final score you see on your screen is not a misprint. They scored 146 points Ooh, against a team that Tibbs coaches. And so there you see the bracket that we have remaining for the in-season tournament, which has been terrific. But I want to focus on Milwaukee for a minute here because sometimes we talk about high floor, low ceiling, that, that kind of thing. Yep. I, I feel like the Bucks don't always give it to you. But if there's one thing last night had me thinking, Jay, it's they may have the highest ceiling of anybody in the Eastern Conference. If they play their A game, their A game may be better than anybody else's A game in the East. Agree or disagree? I agree. You still haven't seen the best of Chris Middleton. He's still working his way into that rotation, how it's going to play. I think Brooke Lopez played well last night. And here's why I say I bet on Milwaukee more than I bet on Boston, right? I don't believe that Porzingis has the ability to stay healthy for long, consistent periods of time. That concerns me. With him on the court, Monica, they are the most explosive team in the Eastern Conference. I don't deny that at all. But, like, it, you know, last year was one of the few years he was healthy for the main course of the year. So I, I, there's a tendency for me to count on the consistency more so of Giannis and Dame than the likes of what I see from Porzingis and the Boston Celtics. I understand that. And I was with Boston as soon as this trade – or, excuse me, with Milwaukee as soon as this trade got made. The caveat that I actually have is that Drew Holiday is in a Celtics uniform. We completely agree on the potential of Kristaps Porzingis. But I do wonder if Drew Holiday, having been to the mountaintop, gives this team that has been to finals been to conference finals, a little bit of an edge, plus an additional year for uh, for Cassell, or excuse me, for Missoula, plus Cassell on that bench. And the point I would make, and you saw that at the bottom of Monica's bio, I mean, you do the Knicks games, you are the voice of the New York Knicks mm. on go the radio. New so you've seen, go New York, go. Hey. You've seen all of their games. No one has done that to the Knicks defense this whole year. I think they have the best defense. They do. I think they're number one scoring defense in the entire NBA. They are. And they give 146 points. This is, uh, I'm terrible at math, but 41 points more than what they usually to give up yeah. like uh, they're at 105 and so sometimes you have duds like that where the defense just doesn't travel the silver lining I think in the case of the Knicks on this one is that that's a team that absolutely has the intentions and plans to contend and will contend in the Eastern Conference and beyond this season so take it you take it with a grain of salt look I know it's not a sexy name but Brooke Lopez playing the drop coverage last night did a hell he did one hell of a job on Jalen Brunson and Emmanuel quickly 
because Emmanuel quickly was one of seven from the field. Jalen Brunson was inefficient, right? Like those two players. So I know we always talk about the ceiling of what Milwaukee does offensively, but I think on how they're defending as well, we always talk about that being the caveat. They were great defensively. Though. Yeah, and Adrian, Adrian, excuse me, Adrian Griffin made it a point to call that out in the pregame press conference. He talked about this team developing continuity on the defensive side of the basketball and that being an area that they had grown most. So quickly, I've really enjoyed this in-season tournament. I think it has been terrific. You've seen the intensity on the floor. You saw LeBron, as we showed you at the beginning of the hour, played 40 minutes last night. Uh, so we got Milwaukee, Indiana. Who do we like? Milwaukee. 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 And then Lakers, Pelicans. I'm going to take the Pelicans. Pelicans. It's going to be a great game to watch. Hour one, I said Pelicans, but I'm, I'm not so sure because this is the thing. Everybody keeps saying this is a playoff-like atmosphere. Yeah. Who has the most experience going into this thing out of anybody? That would be one LeBron James. And I For think sure. the combination of LeBron at the center and those young guys coming along on his side. Quick. My only counterpunch, it's December, right? Like, it, it's, it, it's, I think their legs are built for, like, seven-game series. It's just interesting you're when right, you get into right. December. It's early in the year. LeBron James played 40 minutes. 40 minutes. 40 minutes December 5th. Seconds, you got to love it. All right, guys, also, <laughs> we got more basketball coming your way tonight. Before we get to those semis, we got Wemby and the Spurs taking on the Timberwolves. That's 7.30 tonight. Then we got the defending champs taking on the Clippers. It all starts with Countdown, 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coming up, the epic rematch in Dallas. Is it the most important game of Dak Prescott's career? We will dive into that as we continue in a moment. And Jeff had his turn. Now it's Swagoo's revenge. Who needs new security? Marcus has it next. <laughs> I never imagined that I'd be able to be standing here 20 years after Jimmy V's speech and say that because of all the donations, research, and support, mine is one of the lives that's been saved. The most important thing we do here, throughout ESPN's V Week, we partner with the V Foundation to highlight the urgent need for cancer research. Please, if you can, join the fight against cancer by visiting v.org donate. As I always remind you, 100% of your donation goes directly to cancer research. Back on Get Up and back to the football conversation. So the huge game coming up Sunday night in Dallas. Dak Prescott has been sensational during the Cowboys' current four-game win streak. He will host fellow MVP candidate Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in what many are describing as the biggest regular season test of Dak's career. Now, as of this moment, Brock Purdy is the leading uh, candidate, according to the odds, for MVP, but we see Dak and Jalen Hurts right behind him, and I, I will go so far as to say I believe that whichever quarterback wins the game on Sunday night, particularly if they have a very big night, will become the favorite mm -hmm. to then win that award. So let's have a quick moment on that if we can, and then I want to circle it back mm -hmm. and let you finish making your point about Brock Purdy earlier. But Marcus, do you expect Dak to have an MVP kind of performance on Sunday night against an Eagles team whose defense has been vulnerable? I do, G. I do. I, I do expect him to have an MVP type of night. One, because the division um, and the conference <laughs> having the number one seed is up for grabs. I think Dak, the one thing he's doing right now is playing with a, with a ton of confidence and understanding that he is going to be the catalyst for whatever happens offensively for the Dallas Cowboys. And another thing, and this is kind of get in the weeds on the tape thing, um, 
the tight end position is now starting to ascend mm -hmm. with Jake mm -hmm. Ferguson. I think that has a lot to do with what we're seeing in Dallas right now from an offensive standpoint. So I do expect him to have an MVP performance. I'll remind everybody that in that loss against Philly, he was 29 of 44, 374 yards, three touchdowns, mm -hmm. and no interceptions. You expect him to play huge on Sunday night. Yeah, I, I expect him to eclipse 400. And I think Marcus brings Oof. up a great point. The middle of the field with the tight end, linebacker level, that's a weak point for Philadelphia. Yeah. It's the untapped reservoir for this mm -hmm. football team to go along with everything else that he's been doing. Sha Wait. Shaq Leonard being signed is going to be huge for that point. That's why they signed him. For cover Philadelphia. The of the field, yep. Cover the middle of the field for Philly. Try to slow down Ferguson because CeeDee Lamb ate against yep. him the last time they played. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the stats. We're talking about on the field play. The psychology of it, though, is Dak. We are seeing a more confident Dak, a Dak mm -hmm. Who, who is being allowed to be the playmaker that he is. And I think that loss to the 49ers was sort of like, okay, that was a TKO. Like, they got knocked the hell out. But that loss to the Eagles, I think the Dallas Cowboys looked around and said, like, okay, we took their best shot. Like, now they didn't, the Eagles didn't play their best, but I think in Dallas they felt like, oh, we can keep pace with the division champ. Take that from a psych major at Wesleyan. <laughs> but so just to finish it up here on the MVP, I mentioned that right now Brock Purdy is the leading candidate. Do you yeah. believe he deserves to be? Yeah, I do. I do, because, look, I, I think this is the ultimate team sport until we don't want it to be, all right? And, and look, Steve Young is one of the best – I think he, he's just one of the best people on earth, and he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game. Think about – I think back to, like, maybe his MVP years, you know, back in San Francisco and when mm -hmm. they had it rolling. Remember, he had some of the best perimeter players, some of the best offensive line play, solid running back play. And do you know who his offensive coordinator was? It was one Mike Shanahan. Yeah. And no one was saying, well, because of it being Mike Shanahan and because he has Jerry Rice, who we consider to be the greatest player of all time, right. that we're going to say, well, Steve doesn't deserve it. I mean, look, Brock is benefiting, no question, from having a great setup. There's no doubt. But his efficiency metrics mm -hmm. are off the charts. They just are. And it isn't just wide receiver screens. Is Brock Purdy underappreciated for what he's doing, Jeff? Because we all think the coach is so good and the team is so Absolutely. good. Absolutely. You give credit all around instead of giving it to the one position that, you know, because he's Mr. Irrelevant, right? He just had, he hasn't been there doing it long enough for everybody to assign the credit to him. If he had been drafted in the second round and third <clears> round, we would not be having these conversations. Look, if Trey Lance was doing exactly the same thing, oh, we'd be goodness. saying, oh, one of the great yeah. picks of all time. There's right? no doubt. So no sometimes doubt. where you come in never winds up going away. All right. We have one piece of business left, and it is maybe our best piece of business. Yeah. Show me the security. <laughs> now it is time for Swag Who's Revenge. We ain't worried about you, Let Swag Let's get the security. Okay, let's go. Y'all need all the security. <laughs> hey, man, this is the guy that you got to protect. When are you supposed what? to pick up a flip? Lord, have mercy, y'all. That is a travesty. You need new security. This is absolute malpractice. Call everybody. Do you know you in a football game? You need new security. Oh, that was so much fun. Oh, there is nothing better. All right, earlier Jeff handed out the pancakes. We call this Swagoo's Revenge. Take it, big fella. <laughs> Let's get it popping right off the bat, G. First of all, this guy has never cared about security. His name is Aaron Donald. His number is 99 for the Los Angeles Rams. Let me introduce America to him in case you didn't know him. And this offensive guard that he just walked back to the quarterback is considered one of the best in football. But there is no security for Aaron Donald. All you do is have a good conversation with him at the door and hope that you can be really good friends and he listens yeah. to your instructions. Yeah. Benito, you need new security, brother. Uh -oh. You just didn't, uh -oh. you didn't, you didn't get no. it done. My man, my, my man, listen. Okay, y'all, usually it's the quarterback needing new security. 
But Bijan, I know you've been having a phenomenal rookie season, but the Jets are frustrated, man. They don't have <laughs> nobody to throw the damn ball. They don't know who that quarterback is week in and week out. They hear their head coach is in, the, in a spin cycle right now trying to figure out what the hell is happening. So they going to make somebody else pay. I'm sorry, Bijan. You oh. needed new security yeah, on that yeah. plate. And then, man, listen, let's go to the ranks. Let's oh. go to the college ranks. Oh. Florida State, I feel terrible for you that you didn't get a chance. But my man, Jared Burst, against the yeah, Louisville, he did what they needed to do. If they would have sent this clip to the college football playoff committee, they might have got in the damn college football playoff. But they didn't. Because, because a lot of times when people realize that you are a bully and security doesn't matter to you, they don't want you around their good exactly. free possessions and their prizes. That's probably hey, why Marcus. Florida State didn't get in. Because Jerry Verse out here putting people in spin cycles when you need new security. And Marcus, last how but about not your security least, guard here? I yeah. know we all saw this. Yeah. I know we all saw this. And I saw the big fella when we were there for Monday Night Countdown. Now, I'm going to tell the security guard, let football, let the referee put his hands on Drake Greenlaw in this situation. Because if you know Drake Greenlaw, you ain't about to put your hands on him for free. Okay? And I know the feel, I feel they got their security guard on the sideline. Everybody loves the big fella. But the big fella got kind of out of line. This is not his duty. CG, they got people at the door. They got people that guard the bar. And they got people that actually take the car keys and park them for you. This was a situation where he just needed to be valet and not be in this real role of security because Dre Greenlaw wasn't having it. I love the fact that we got a real security guard and you need new security. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, nothing yeah. better than seeing him get kicked Big out of the game in this segment. Big Dom. Beloved. Uh, and we'll see. Standing if, ovation. I know. Yes. First day coming up. Did Phoenix get robbed last night? Are LeBron and the Lakers on another level? Molly, Stephen A. Mad Dog, Jay Will, and more. Top of the hour here on ESPN. In-state rivalry tonight on ESPN2. Caitlin Clark, number four Iowa, taking on Iowa State coverage, 7 Eastern on ESPN2. Before we go, let's once again feast our eyes on Jeff Saturday's breakfast. I took okay, this photo. Man. I took the picture. What is it? Look, look, I'll tell you what. The omelets here? Yes. Those things are legit. I, uh -huh. I, I, I am, I'm a breakfast guy, man. Yes. I'll eat breakfast three times Nothing a day. better. Nothing Protein. better. That, that we all got to bulk up like gotta that. Got to get strong. Got to get Four strong. breakfasts. First take starts now. <laughs>